Hey, we are the Soul Searchers. Two regular folks with backpacks and making it weird. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving! Yay, food. Yeah, right. Parades? (laughs) Well, first off, we missed the parade. Secondly, we don't have any extra food <laughs> we've got rice and beans because it's mexico we well and that's all you bought from the store well we have some vegetables yep no <laughs> no green bean casserole though no we're thinking about roasting some potatoes with no oil or butter that's or literally the extent of our thanksgiving meal plan we got some potatoes roast some potatoes which is going to be delicious. Yeah. All right. So this episode, uh, we wanted to do just kind of like a general tips episode. So not necessarily our uh, like stories or experiences or things like that, but just things that could actually help you get around Mexico if you wanted to ever come here. Yeah. I think some of it might also translate just to traveling outside of the world, but we'll... Outside of the world. Yeah. You know, like outer space. Space. Space X. <laughs> <laughs> we did, you know. Elon Musk and all that stuff. (laughs) So um, we will just kind of dive into it. Now, we travel cheap. We travel cheap and we travel flexible, if you will. This is a lot of stretching. Yeah, a lot of stretching, a lot of just kind of making it work. And so if that's your style of travel, then you're going to love this. If not, then you're going to go, what on earth are they doing? Yeah, I don't care about any of that. Just take me to the resort and give me the buffet. (laughs) Which is a viable option. Don't get me wrong. We'll we'll get into that, actually. Yeah, actually, we will. All right. So the first uh, thing that we decided when doing when (laughs) whatever very little form of planning we did for this Uh, adventure was that we wanted to do a lot of Workaway. And Workaway is a website, workaway.info, where people who own hostels or farms or just have kids that they need a nanny for or whatever, post their job listing, essentially, on this website. And then us as workers can find them and say, hi, I'd like to work for you. And they say, great, come here and stay in my house and maybe I'll feed you once in a while and then you work for me. So it's just this exchange that we really hoped to do a lot of, but obviously with COVID, it's a little bit more difficult, but that is how we came across the dive school. Yep. And this is something that I actually used a couple years ago traveling with Scott and we taught English in Cambodia. We did like private tutoring in Malaysia. We worked at hostels in Greece. So there's a really wide range. I think it started as woofing, which is world of organic farming, and now it's branched off into all of these other things. So while looking in Mexico, we hit up tons of different hostels or expats that have moved here and just need help with their kids and schooling and that sort of stuff. And because of COVID, we got shut down by pretty much everybody. However, the one, the, the one that basically took us in was this dive school, Scuba's School, like Scuba's Cool. Cool. Scuba's <laughs> School. Yeah. Which I have mad respect for. For sure. Very witty. <laughs> so his name was Antonio, Tony, and he gave us a call. So we kind of knew it was real, explained a little bit, kind of that it's more of an internship program. You help out with some of the gear and while you're here then uh, you get discounts on the dives, basically, and your certifications. So we stayed a couple nights in the, well, basically a week, and then we got 
Candace got her open water certification and I got my advanced certification. Really minimal work, I think, because of us paying to do the the scuba um, certifications, but it was super chill and awesome and we met people from all over the world as right. well. And he gave us a place to stay. So we yep. stayed in the, the dive house bunkhouse basically and i think because of covid the actual dive shop that they run is closed so there was a lot less work because of that as well yeah so you know i mean we helped clean the equipment and things like that but that's like just what you should probably do anyway (laughs) Um, very minimal work and i've had that experience at different places too where i've gone and it's been very minimal and other places where it's been super organized and a ton of work um so it's you just never know what you're going to get really helpful to read the reviews So uh, that kind of takes us to our next. We had to really set up a budget in order to be traveling for this long, obviously. And this long being? Being um, roughly November through May. Yeah, and then we'll kind of just see what happens with money and COVID and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, about six months or so. Yeah, so we had to set up a budget and um, we broke that down into a weekly budget because we were staying in, you know, for the last three weeks, we've been staying in a different place every week. So we broke that down into a weekly budget so that we could kind of just make sure that we're on track because we're and we ended up paying for a lot more than we thought. Right. So because work away, you know, isn't working out right now so much um we are paying for our accommodations so we're staying in airbnbs um vrbo those are the two main websites that we check a lot um but then have even looked into some hostel stuff but like yeah if it was like i don't know in asia they were really great about private rooms being five dollars a night whereas a hostel was two dollars a night or even ten dollars for private versus seven you know so scott and i would always be like yeah let's just get our own room um for three dollars more anyways that's not really the case here a lot of the places we're going it's 10 to 15 for a dorm setup yeah Yeah, for one twin bed like a a dorm yeah bunk style so even staying in a bunkhouse style hostel would still cost us 20 some dollars a night and we can find Airbnbs for about that price. And we'd rather just have the kitchen because then you save on cooking costs and you've got your own bathroom, your own space, um, mm-hmm. AC usually. Well, only one out of the three so far. Yeah, exactly. I think you got to go up in uh, <laughs> like your, your search cost for that. Candace loves finding the really fancy hip places with all the amenities. I'm like, what's the kitchen setup? I just want a blender. I want to mix up my fresh fruits. <laughs> I need to make my rice and beans. We're golden. We do have very, very different um, qualifications. Yes, yeah, there's no AC. I'm like, I see a fan. Cool. That's all we need. <laughs> so that's kind of been our, and we've lucked out the first place we stayed. I think it was, what, $15 a night? Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah, in Playa del Carmen. And they're, you know, obviously the bigger the city, the typically the cheaper places are going to be. Yeah, there's just a lot more options. A lot more options. We did find in Tulum because it's more, people tend to be traveling more like we would travel, like staying in an Airbnb Mm -hmm. or hostel and like that kind of lifestyle. Um, things are just more expensive. Yeah, it's more of a tourist town. Like the the vegan, vegetarian, hippie yogis have all taken over. There's really good food and lots of yoga retreats and partying for people that want to do that stuff all night as well. So that has kind of driven up the price of this little tourist town. So we're headed there next, and that's going to be a much different experience, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we set up a budget. We're kind of trying to stick to that. Obviously, um, depending on where you are, it's usually cheaper to eat at home. However, when we were uh, staying in Playa del Carmen, it seemed like every single time we ate out, Andrew goes, I think it's cheaper to eat out. Because it really, well, I mean, depending on where you go. Well, food. Right, right. <laughs> Our first night we went and got pizza and that was like you know, 15, 20 bucks. Right, but that was in a touristy area, like right on the main strip. Which and it is was good. Fifth Avenue, uh, you know, which is where everybody kind of congregates. And it was delicious. It was like a wood-fired pizza, whatever, but it, that was pretty american yeah. pricing but more local eats for sure you're yeah. right it's it's hard to beat a couple bucks for some guac and chips and salsa and then we found even if you're doing like street food which oh you gosh. know if you got the stomach for it or you want to so chance good it, i feel okay about because they're, they're cooking stuff pretty pretty well um so i think we're okay but yeah candace got like two tacos for a dollar fifty mm-hmm. or something like that with like really authentic authentic kind of tacos oh my word, they were so good honestly with these with the salsa i got because she gave me like baggies of salsa because i took them home and it, that in itself would have been like yeah. worth a couple dollars yeah. we've used them in so many meals we just save them and keep adding them to things yeah so a lot of the things that you'll find in playa del carmen is because so it's grown a ton we were here five years ago and it was it felt smaller you know it just felt like it was more a little bit more intimate less discovered a little so bit to more say. local mm-hmm. and um now yeah it's just grown so significantly over the last you know even 10 years uh, which cancun has too mm-hmm. i mean the size of the cancun airport has i think tripled in the last 10 years they're seeing something like 2.5 million people coming through where they used to see about 200,000. So, I mean, obviously not with COVID, right. but things are just changing drastically in this part of Mexico. It's becoming much more of a tourist hotspot. That being said, it is easier to travel cheaper now. You don't have to just come and stay in a big all-inclusive resort. Right. You can. There's some really great options available, not ones where... I guess I should say ones where, you know, you can, they're maybe a little bit more authentic, you know, because they try to be a little bit more eco too, because they're getting a bad rap with cruises and the waste and stuff in these big all inclusives with food and drink and rooms and washing, you know, sheets and water and or even just, uh, you know, taking up all of the, the what am I trying to say? Not wildlife, but for plants. Oh, just like <laughs> the actual green space. Like the green you know, space. They're cutting down yeah. trees and, yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever whatever the world needs to survive. <laughs> right. And so there's, in Mexico, there's all these mangrove plants. And you see that a lot in the Caribbean where they, they have this really intricate root system that holds the sand in place. And it's typically found along the coasts. Well, before resorts were coming in and totally clearing all that out, well, then storms are hitting harder. The beach is washing away. Like there are all of these... The wildlife impacts too. Right. All these really negative side effects of just cutting down those seeming just brush, you know? Mm -hmm. And so more resorts are leaving like a decent space where it's like, yeah, maybe the guests have to walk like a quarter of a mile to the beach not even you know but it's just more beautiful and that is lined then with all of this lush nature around Mm -hmm. you instead of everything just being paved right so if you are going to travel more on the cheap side less all-inclusive a little bit more do-it-yourself there's some really good uh 
I guess things that we learned while we were in Playa del Carmen, like the fruterias, the panderias, the lavanderias, mm-hmm. uh, where you know you can show up for two weeks worth of staying in Playa del Carmen and bring maybe four outfits. You know, because these people at the lavanderia will do your laundry for you for 12 pesos per kilo. Yeah, I think so. I think it ended up being about two and a half dollars for us to do all of our laundry. Yeah, it's ridiculously cheap. They wash, they dry, they fold the whole thing. Smells so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And so it's like a day turnaround too, super quick. And they're literally everywhere. I mean, this is not something where you're like, oh, I have to know about a secret. No, they are every block because most people don't have washer and dryer in their homes. And so everyone is using uh, the lavanderias. And so, so that's a huge, like, yeah, if I was traveling to Playa del Carmen, I would want to know that because you can bring a carry-on mm-hmm. instead well, of a giant suitcase. Totally. <laughs> and just one more note on getting here anyways, because Cancun is so big, it's not really our favorite. It's kind of overcrowded. It's all the beachfront has basically been taken up by big resorts. Right. Well, it's not our favorite if you're not staying in a resort. Yes, right. And so it's really easy now. There's multiple modes of transportation. Once you fly into Cancun is you can take this, the main bus line is ADO, and then that will run down the south or to the south along the Caribbean coast. You can also take local taxis or these things called combis, which are like basically minivans, big sliding doors. People get on and off and different well, towns along the you way you can't take that from the airport though we learned that well we did but you get charged you don't get the local price remember we took the van but it was like 20 dollars. oh right 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 they that... still charge us like bus price yeah that's so true. it's still the combi van but it's not the combi price you would get in town right so then yeah so that's to like get to and from whether you want to go to tulum palato carmen there's different ways lots of research on that but then the little combis getting around these vans, they'll take you to the next town 15 minutes down the highway or whatever for two bucks. Um, and it's just so much cheaper than a taxi. But you're just in a van with other people. And my favorite part about that is you ask people, hey, where do I pick up the Collectivo? You know, where do I get it? They go under the bridge. You're like, what? What? <laughs> so there's like a highway that runs down from Cancun all the way south. And, you know, just a typical highway overpass. And all of these vans just collect under there and collect people and there's no schedule they just fill up the van and then leave once it's full it goes the next van pulls up then there's another one fill up the van and leave and then even if you want to get around like Playa del Carmen Mm -hmm. you can catch a combi which actually just means bus yeah it's just a smaller bus because there is then a bigger (laughs) bus that Mm -hmm. is 10 pesos and it's like a 20 to 1 roughly exchange rate so it's 50 cents to take the bus you know down to the end of the block super cheap I think collective was the more a little bit pricier. Yeah, a little bit pricier. But still but really cheap. Anyway, go further. Yeah, and so that was just like if you're trying to get around. Then once you're in Playa del Carmen, we've talked about, you know, the lavanderias, that's to wash your clothes. Then there's panderias, and pan is pan for bread. And so they've got all these little desserts and fresh breads and yeah, bakeries, croissants. All yeah. over. And so those are everywhere. The fruterias, obviously my favorite. It's little fr- fruit shops with all of the exotic kind of tropical fruits, take them home, chop them up, throw them in the blender with some ice, fresh smoothies multiple times <laughs> yeah, a day. Yeah, fruits, but also vegetables and yep. eggs and... Dry beans, dry rice. Yeah. Kind of, They're like mini Seasonings. stores. Yeah. Yeah, little convenience stores that are more produce focused, but then there are just a ton of like packaged food kind of convenience stores all over as well. Yeah. Um, I was surprised though that as we were, because we were staying a little bit north of 
the downtown area in Playa del Carmen, no alcohol sales. Yeah. So like you, you at all. You couldn't buy until you got more towards the like central downtown area of Playa right. del Carmen. Yeah, it was really surprising. And we, we had theories about why, you know, because especially the further south, you get more toward the city center. It just becomes a little bit more of a party atmosphere. There's clubs, there's bars, restaurants, bars, all, all sorts of like touristy things. Um, and then when we were staying with Antonio at the dive shop, he was saying, oh, yeah, they stopped selling alcohol at five o'clock on Sundays right. so that people don't spend all Sunday night drinking and then don't want to go to work Monday morning. Yep. And so that's like, you know, a little bit of his perspective on it. We were thinking that, yeah, maybe they wanted to discourage drinking in more of the uh, rural, area. rural residential. Yeah. 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 More of the rural, residential but, areas. Right. So, so yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So, it, you know, you just start to figure that stuff out when you walk a city because it would take, you know, 45 minutes to walk downtown. Um, but you get to see everything that you might need in the town and mm -hmm. you just start to pick up on things and see things and nobody's aggressive or anything oh yeah that's so nice it's more of like on fifth ave where all the tourists you're you're asking for it if you're going on fifth ave because that's where all the shops and little vendors are and they're like hey come take a look come take a look free shots of this try this try that yeah which you were pretty overwhelmed the first day it's just annoying to me because like if i wanted to come into your shop i would like that's not by you but barking you, at me that doesn't right. entice me but, but then you were pretty desensitized to it by yeah. you know even a couple days later because it wasn't like in other countries we've been to where it's aggressive i mean everybody like said something but it wasn't yeah my buddy scott pushy. got hit on the back in bali because we kept ignoring this guy day after day Ooh. and he just like slapped scott in the back and i thought we were gonna have a fight you know he's like hey come look at my store because we just kept ignoring him and blowing by him but um, yeah, not aggressive at all. Dang, um, that's crazy. So, yeah, I, so some countries are worse than other. Outside of like tourist part of Bali, it's amazing, but I'd never go back to that area again. Oh. Side note. Side note. Anyway, back to Playa del Carmen. Yeah. So in Mexico right now, the exchange rate is 20 to 1. So 20 pesos to 1 American dollar. dollar, which is nice because it's a round number and that's easy to do math, so right? Basically, <laughs> it's like 100 pesos, we just divide it by two and you're like, oh, 50 no five there well, you so go I know 50 but then you take care of the zero and it's like five um but i get in the ballpark if i just divide it by two right because then he goes 50 isn't right no it's five, five. that's right <laughs> or it's 400 i'm like okay that's 20 you know or 200 you know you, you flip some zeros around but more or less you just cut it by flip two some zeros around <laughs> we've been doing this for a while now yeah um but yeah it is it is a lot easier because it's just that nice kind of round number to do the exchange rate. There are like money exchange spots all over, of course, but they have, um, we came across some weird ATM situations yeah. when we were in Playa del Carmen. So they say, don't go to the ATMs on Fifth Avenue, which is like the main spot. And there's ATMs every like 10 feet. And we heard weird conspiracy theories about why you don't go to those ATMs. The Russians. Yeah, they, they said that like, the Russian mob? They're like the Russians own all of those ATMs and then they steal all your identity and your information. That was that was a conspiracy theory it that we heard. super weird. We didn't test it out, so we didn't go. Uh, but we did have one run-in with an ATM where we went through the whole process multiple times and never got any money. Yeah, and it kept asking if we wanted to like protect our withdrawal for what, up to six hours or something? Yeah. For a different fee. And we're like, no, we don't want to protect it. We just want to take the money out now. Right, but then we tried to say yes and it still didn't give us yeah. any money. 
So, and then we had another friend who, um, she went to the ATM, put everything in, it went through the process and she got an alert on her phone that says, you know, the money's been taken out, but the machine didn't give her any money. And that was in a grocery store, right? you know, like not, that was up on 30th. That wasn't even near Fifth Avenue. And so then she has to go to the bank branch and wait in line and talk to someone. And the lines are always huge at the banks. That's something to get to know, especially in like Central America, South America, Mexico. I don't understand why. We haven't totally figured out why. It's always just to go in and like talk to somebody. If you want to go to the ATM, which you still have to go in for. So the line looks intimidating, but you can then just walk in, use the ATM and get out. But the line to talk to people to like do business is crazy i don't understand what they're doing all day do you remember the name of the atm that we liked a lot santander (laughs) say it again it's like santander Uh, s-a-n-d-t-a-n-d-e-r like santander 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 i don't know all right so anyway that's a there's something for you i mean we bank with Wells Fargo usually and they seem to talk well so that worked for us every time we went there there's another big one that's like HBSC and that's Hong Kong based and then they charged us more to take out our money but then there's also always a little markup fee to get your money so the banks are going to get their money no matter what okay so one interesting thing most people probably know is when you go to Mexico stopping at a pharmacia is easy and they have all the medication that you could possibly want. For really cheap. And stuff that you typically need a prescription for, but you do not here. Um, we, we didn't notice it so much in Playa. I mean, it's you honestly, you see it more at like the gift shops, which is weird to mm-hmm. me. You know, hey, you want some prescription meds at the gift shop? But uh, there was a little bit of that on Fifth Ave, not so much in the neighborhood pharmacies. Um, but now that we're here in Puerto Aventuras... It's like every single pharmacy has signs out front yeah, that say, it. yeah, that, you know, list the top 10 most common things that people would uh, need a prescription for. Like but your they muscle sell. relaxers or your anxiety meds or painkillers yeah. are all out on this board. Like, hey, come on and come get them for cheap. Right. Or like, you know, skin serums or other, you right. know, enhancement drugs <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> that some people might want. Um so yeah, I mean, it is interesting because we did, you know, we saw a travel doctor before we left and they sent us with like azithromycin and like certain things that you might need for some typical travel illnesses. And that is like in stacks, like there are boxes right. in stacks of pyramids and they're basically handing them out like candy. It's super cheap and super easy to get. The quality, I don't know. Luckily, we haven't even had to dip into our own supply yet. Yeah, thankfully. So, but just keep in mind, you know, you're at the resort, spending too much time in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. head on down to the gift shop and get some, get a (laughs) Z-pack. Yeah, so you might, you might not need to pack as much medicine as you used to when you traveled or, you know, like we did too. We have a huge gallon Ziploc bag full of different medicines for different things, but come to find out you can get most things here. Um, I think that goes for like, clothing and stuff you want to just pack in general too that was honestly that was a that was a regret that i had only because for this big trip i'm like oh i want to get the perfect whatever you know clothes to you know that i'm gonna wear every single day for the next four outfits because you're carrying it all on your back right and so i was shopping in wisconsin and that was a poor choice going into fall you know like Mm -hmm. i just 
it, when you come down here, this right. is the climate that they're in pretty much, you know, 10, 11 months out of the year. So right. it's, it's short swimsuits, tank tops, cover-ups, all that stuff that you're going to want anyway. And the styles are just different, yeah. you know, which is, it's nice to like, you know, have the same styles as people that you're seeing every day and whatever. Um, and people are probably going, uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> the only thing I would say that, you know, is your, your good footwear or we brought our like nice rain jackets, mm-hmm. things that you mo- might be harder pressed to find right. down here. But as far as everything else, I mean, pants, shorts, socks, underwear, all that mm-hmm. stuff's just everywhere. So yeah, we got like um, Gore-Tex rain jackets so that, you know, they're super breathable, super waterproof and, you know, would pack up really nice and tight. And honestly, it's nice just to like keep those in your bag as you're walking around because mm-hmm. one minute it can be bright sunshine, lovely day, and then some steep winds and some really hard rain. And you, it would just be nice to have a rain jacket. Yeah. And I've never been one to like spend a crazy amount of money on really anything, but Gore-Tex is a game changer. Yeah. I was like, oh, a raincoat versus Gore-Tex, whatever. It's like 50 bucks, no difference. I have a Gore-Tex and yeah, you don't get wet at all. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so um, let's see. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of people ask us what we do for water because obviously mm-hmm. you can't drink the water. Um, Unless you... Ease into it for a couple of years. Right. <laughs> Unless you build up a tolerance, which, you know, some people do. I don't uh, think we're interested in that for right now. Anyway. <laughs> not right now. But we were even talking to, I mean, you know, Tony at our dive school, he doesn't even drink local he's water. He's native. Yeah. Yeah. So we brought with us this water bottle that I can't even think of the name of off the top of my head. Do you remember? No. Oh, okay. We'll look it up and tell you in a minute. But the water bottle has a... Um, blue light in the lid. So the so you fill up the water bottle with sink water, tap water, whatever. You put the lid on and click a button on top and the button just flashes. There's this green ring that flashes for a little bit and then it purifies the water. So it doesn't like obviously strain out any sediment. You know, you can't go up to the ocean and fill it up with salt water, you know, but just sink water. It's called Lark, L-A-R-Q. Thanks for getting that. Um, so it's called Lark. That's what we've been using. When Andrew did his trip with Scott a couple of years ago, they used just a... Stary pen. Stary pen. It's a UV light pen, and this is just UV light in the lid. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so we and found that... And it's rechargeable, whereas the mm-hmm. Stary pen had pretty specific batteries that we had to carry. Um, and we did drop it once, and then the glass broke, and then we were out of commission. So this is just a little bit more durable. Um, and it's rechargeable cap, just USB charge right on the top. Yeah. And you know, it's supposed to last for a month each charge, but with as often as we've been using it, we charge it pretty much once every two weeks. Yeah. But yeah. we've also been doing like longer cleanses just to make sure we're really burning everything up. <laughs> That's true. And we have been okay so yeah. far. Um, the only place we haven't been able to drink just the tap water is here in Puerto Aventuras because only boiling hot, salty water comes out of the tap yeah, for like some no reason. Cold water. <laughs> I don't get it. I did try the cold water outside that you use to like clean your feet. Yeah. So basically like your garden water. I figured they pulled it from the ground and maybe that would be fine. It still tasted it's thick salty. and salty. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's gross. And it's weird because this is like this little tourist Disney town that we're in in Puerto mm-hmm. Aventuras. It's closest near the beach and it's just really odd. But I guess all of the tourist 
probably buy their water because right. they're all really, really scared. So they've never had a need to like work on purifying the water or having clean drinking water. So just because even in Playa, there was no taste or anything to it, you know? Yeah. So hmm. I don't understand why the water is so weird here, but. Yeah, he kind of, so he mentioned that Puerto Aventuras is this weird town. We call it literally like Disney World because it feels like not Mexican, you know, it feels like a resort town. I mean, there's a gate to get in this like specific area for crying out loud. gate, yeah, that's like... Checking IDs and stickers on constantly. your car. And- yeah, so it's really odd. And this woman who picked us up, we literally got off the bus <laughs> out front at Port Aventura. Under the highway. Under the highway. And we're putting our bags on and whatever. This lady yells at us from across the street. She goes, what are you looking for? We're like, we're just going to catch a cab into the... You know, into the marina. It's like, we're headed towards the water. That's all I know. Yeah. That's where our Airbnb is. She goes, all right, get in the car. And so this, like, Canadian mom, I think she's Canadian anyway. Thanks, Cheryl. Yeah, she picks us up, takes our, you know, puts our stuff in the back and takes us into this gated community of Puerto Aventuras that's, like, a city that's all gated with, like, you know, the tennis courts and golf courts or golf what carts. Are they? courses oh and everybody else has golf carts so instead of riding cars around how about the lady yesterday took her dog for a walk (laughs) in her golf cart she was like a i don't know she looked like she could walk her dog they didn't you know she did seem capable yeah and she is just cruising along in her golf cart dog running next to it oh and it's just massive yachts everywhere and big um you know like sailboats and and the dolphins there's a dolphin discovery center like in the center um that you don't have to like pay for yeah dolphins are just floating around and doing tricks along the sidewalk of the normal city center i mean it's like a moat where these dolphins live anyway so this is obviously not a a normal part of i wouldn't say this is like mexican culture no no and it takes a little bit to um you know, it definitely costs more. I mean, we ended up finding like a cheap Airbnb here, but it is one room with a hot plate and that's it. <laughs> yeah. The mini fridge, hot plate, bed, everything is all in one room. The sink, all of that. So we're like doing our kitchen dishes in like the bathroom sink. It's pretty bizarre, but you know, we're making it work. Yeah. So those are just some of the tips. The other thing we came across is uh, in order to travel to other countries, and this is something we looked into right away when we were in Playa. Uh, you have to have a negative COVID test. That's pretty common right now. And obviously back in Madison, you could drive through the Alliant Energy Center, get yourself a COVID test for free. They, you know, email you the results in 24 hours, 24 to 72 hours, and you're good to go. And like the the PCR, right? The, The nose one. Right. And so we tried to find that here in Mexico and could not, we went to three different places, could not find a COVID test for less than $125 a person. U.S. $125. Yeah, like we went in one place and she said she said a number. And so Andrew goes, oh, okay, great. Hands are like a 500 peso note. The new started with a four. Yeah. This is where that. the zeros come in. And, and she just looks at him so confused. And she goes, cuatro mil like 4,000 and he's like uh 
okay. So then we have to like rewind. Okay. Do we, we step really back from the counter and like, we don't do have this? any symptoms. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. I don't think we should do this. Yeah. And so, so that has been an odd thing because people wear masks yeah, everywhere. I'd say pretty similar to the States. A lot yeah. of people have masks on, especially in crowded places. You have to for going into restaurants, mm-hmm. cabs, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and and people are pretty diligent about it. Even like you see people just walking down the street Mm -hmm. wearing masks, which is great. However, it doesn't really seem like life has changed a whole lot. And like when you look at the numbers, they're kind of, I mean, they are higher now in the Quintana Roo area than in months past. But it's just so hard to take into consideration because tests cost so much. Literally like $125 here is a ton of money. So yeah, and once we found out how much it was going to cost to just for us to do that, 125 bucks a person, we're like, nah, let's let's not. I don't know. For the people that we talked to and even Antonio, I mean, he's in a very limited situation for who he's seeing. It's just the people at the dive right, school, but yeah. but he's native, he's local, and it didn't seem like too big of a concern to him. Yeah, I mean, there well. there's a there's the wide range here mm-hmm. in Mexico just like there is in the states of how people treat it, you know, some people are like not to be bothered by COVID, just going on about their daily lives. And other people are taking it a lot more seriously and, you know, wearing masks really diligently. But it's hard. I mean, especially when you talk about the combis and things like that, the colectivos where people need to be in this shared transportation to get to and from work every day. And, uh, you know, people wear masks, but it's, yeah. And it's just $125 goes a long ways here. Right. So it's mm-hmm. just hard to imagine that people that aren't necessarily traveling, like if you know that you're not leaving your area or your state and you're being pretty safe, it's not like, you know, us in, in Madison just going to the Line Energy Center. Oh, we think we knew a coworker who knew somebody that got it. Right. Let's just go get a test. Yeah. There's no pre- or precautionary yeah. testing. It's there's like no a, asymptomatic yeah. positives here. At 125 bucks, you're like, mm, I'll just wait and see if I feel sick. Right. Right. But, totally. So yeah, that's just right now. I mean, it's going to change with COVID. It'll be interesting to see how vaccines get rolled out throughout different parts mm-hmm. of the world and what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. So that is, I don't know, maybe some helpful tips. Hopefully that was somewhat helpful yeah. for you. Um, you can always message us too yes. if you're thinking of traveling or what. I saw on Facebook somebody was like, hey, we're thinking about taking a trip sometime soon, but what are airlines requiring? What are they doing about seats? You know, is the middle seat still open? <laughs> Do I need this test? Do I need that? Um, or if you just got questions in general, you know, Scott and I did most of, well, five months in Asia, three months in Europe just a couple of years ago. And a lot of Central America, South America, Mexico. So just, yeah, hit us up with questions. Yeah, we definitely noticed that planes are as full as they can get them. Yeah. You know, so it's like airlines are not taking the extra precaution. To- but you did say that you read somewhere or heard that the HEPA filters that they're using right. is actually cleaning the air particles more so than what you would be at your office at work. Right, exactly. So you're sitting closer, but everyone's wearing masks the whole time and the air is being filtered out more quickly. So, yeah. you know, that's that's air travel. Um, as far as coming to Mexico, you don't need a negative COVID test right now, at least in the Yucatan Peninsula, Quintana Roo area that we are in, which is why, honestly, more people are probably ending up right. here than traveling anywhere else. And next, Colombia, I think I heard just dropped pretty much any requirements to get in there mm-hmm. as well. So different people have mentioned wanting to go there next. Um, 
So we'll see what happens. That's not really on our radar, but yeah, um, we might just be hanging out in Mexico for a while. I know it is. I mean, obviously we knew that COVID was going to have a huge impact. We just didn't know what it was going to look like exactly. And so far it's like, I mean, really when you travel around Mexico, even 20 minutes, you know, here we're only like a half an hour south of Playa del Carmen in Puerto Aventuras. And it's so different. Yeah. You and know? our next town is going to be another 20, 30 minutes down the road. We leave tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to be completely different there as well. Yeah. So it's really interesting, um, but we'd love to help you out. If you have any questions, of course, you can find us at The Soul Searchers on Instagram uh, or just search for The Soul Searchers, S-O-L, on Facebook. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye.